So this morning, um, I'm talking about a longing for God. A longing for God. And um, that's what we want, isn't it? We want a longing for God. We want more and more of him. And this morning, we've had an opportunity in the worship to open up our hearts. Because that's what worship does, actually. It just opens up our hearts to receive from him. And he wants to meet us, you know, personally and individually. And, you know, sometimes it's in the silence. Sometimes it's in the noise, it can, in the celebration. But the Lord can come in lots of different ways. But he wants, he wants to meet us. And I'm going to be reading from Psalm 42. But I'm not going to be reading. Jill has kindly offered to read Psalm 42 for us. So, um, But you'll find that <clears throat> this title is very apt for the psalm, Psalm 42. If you've got a Bible and you want to use it, we'll be stuck on Psalm 42 for all morning. So you only need to open it one place. I'll be reading other scriptures, but it's just one place you need to be, and that's Psalm 42. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Johan, can we have the mic? Yeah. <laughs> or you could have this, Jill. But... That's all. I, don't want... I don't want to feel like bitterness to be. <laughs> Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? Mm. These things I remember. As I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go on mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my fo foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God.
when I was a child, um, I enjoyed holidays at Wales next to the sea, which in, is in Norfolk, because that's where my mother was born and brought up. <clears throat> and we used to go to the beach. And one of the things I really enjoyed doing when I was on the beach <clears throat> is playing cricket. So, but cricket on a beach is not the ideal condition for playing cricket. So you're, you're there, you're waiting for the ball, you've got your, your timing just right. I mean, Johan and, and Kevin will tell me if I'm doing this properly. But if you're, you're waiting for the ball, you're waiting for the bounce, you know, you know when you, you can get the bounce on the right, the right on, the, on the actual bat itself, from the right place, you could be getting a six, this would be wonderful. And then it, it comes and it just lands on the sand. It just doesn't move, it doesn't bounce. And, um, but although the conditions were not conducive to playing cricket, for me, it was the best. Because I enjoyed the presence of my family around me, the sun, enjoyed the sea coming. It wasn't so much the conditions that were right, <clears throat> but the environment that was right. And um, for me, that's a sort of a picture of, of where we are with the psalmist in Psalm 42. Um, he is here, and <clears throat> we'll explain, and as we go through it, you'll see. Though the other thing I should mention as well is that when I was at Wales next to sea at the beach, I was with my dad, and that was special as well because my dad died when I was 12 years old. So I go back to those sort of times and I can remember them. So they were special because of that as well. But here we have... Um, the psalmist, it's one of the psalms of lament that is actually in the book of psalms that we've just had read by Jill. And the writer there is away from God's presence. Um, he's aware of his need for him. Um, and it's likely that he's been exiled um, and that he's some way aware, away from Jerusalem. And as we read, out, read in, in verses 4 and verses 5, it talks about the festive throng, which would have been the different types of Jewish celebrations that they would have all been involved in when they came into Jerusalem. And in verse 5, it says, These things I remember. He remembered them as he poured out his soul, how he used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. The conditions may not always be good, but the psalmist here is showing us that there is one thing that changes everything. It's the presence of God. And he has a longing for God. The conditions may not be the best, as with my holiday in Norfolk. The environment, however, made all the difference to me. It gave me the memory of my father. And when we have his presence, we have the Father with us. And that was the longing of this psalmist. I've taken some of my inspiration actually for this morning from Maynard's talk. So I'll actually, where's the clicker? I'll give us the first point. It's yearning and yielding. So if you remember Maynard's talk, because he gave three points three weeks ago, and um, they all rhymed, so I remembered them. 
<laughs> and they were really, it was a really good talk. Uh, but it was yearning, learning, and turning. And um, I was also took some inspiration from Yerwin's talk two weeks ago. So Yerwin was there talking about the <clears throat> how he, with the, children, the, the girls, he created this route for them to follow. So he'd spent quite a bit of time with his colleagues working out where the young people were going to go. <clears throat> and if you remember, um, they didn't follow the instructions. And sometimes as well, there were obstacles in the way that they had to navigate. So the conditions weren't always quite right for them. But what they needed is they needed to ring up Yoan. They needed to get to the checkpoint, speak to an adult, so that they would then direct them. <clears throat> and it reminds me a, a little bit of um, a little bit of the, there's a picture for me of how the Lord wants our lives to be lived. So He isn't looking for us to have everything perfect, and sometimes the conditions may not be right for us to be able to live that perfect sort of walk that we think we should be living. And but the thing that the Lord wants. And the thing that he is calling for, for all of us, is having that longing for God. Having that desire for him to recognize that he makes all the difference. And that yielding to him um, and, is the, is, and yearning for him is what we should be doing. He leads us through struggles. He leads us through the hard times. And he leads us through the good times. And I want my life to be yearning for him always. Um, I've had what um, I've heard termed destination disease. And I think I am a person that experiences destination disease. And I'll explain what I mean by destination disease. That's where <clears throat> you're only interested in where you're going. You basically are not necessarily paying much attention <laughs> to what's around you. And um, it's a little bit, bit like being on a train and um, you've got this fantastic scenery and you know some uh, railway routes, there aren't any roads that take you there. And so you actually can see some fantastic scenery and, and sights which you can't see on the road. But it's like you actually don't bother looking through the window to actually see it because the train is there to get you from A to B. So I'm only interested in when I get to where I'm meant to get to. And um, I found that with my life, often um, I'm thinking too far of where I want to be and, and actually not actually thinking of what God wants to do with me now and what opportunities there are for me now as well. <coughs> Father wants us to be celebrating our life and knowing joy now because we have him living with us. It's like the cricket on the beach. You know, the conditions may not be perfect, but he wants us to enjoy playing it with him. The Lord is the one that makes the difference. And he wants us to be attentive to the, what goes on around us. In Philippians 4, verse 4 and 5, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. 
And then it finishes by saying, the Lord is near. You know, if we are to rejoice, <laughs> if we're to be gentle to ourselves and to other people, we do that when we recognise that the Lord is near. And we sometimes beat ourselves up, don't we? Thinking, oh, I did got that wrong again. Oh, no. You know, it wasn't a particularly perfect route for me to go, so I made a mistake here. Something happened, conditions that I had no, had no influence over had come into my life. I wasn't expecting to walk this way. Um, but if the Lord is near, and when we know the Lord is near, it makes the difference in our lives. I found that often when seeking for more of God, that I've strived for it rather than yielded to it. And it's quite a difference between striving and yielding. So if we're striving for more of God, often I find personally that I become impatient. I become impatient with myself. I become impatient with other people. And I actually become impatient with God. <laughs> I'm striving. I'm thinking, why haven't you got me there? Why isn't it happening? But yielding to God is different. And it's that which we need to do. We don't suffer from destination disease, but we can enjoy the journey and know his presence with us. While I was praying for this morning and for the, the talk, uh, <clears throat> I had a picture of a well and, and a tarmacked road. And um, I felt God saying to me, your attention and your focus needs to be on the well. You need to look to find opportunities in your life where you're drawing from the Holy Spirit and learning how to draw water from the well. You know, it's there for us and he wants us to learn to draw water from the well. And it makes all the difference, doesn't it? It's receiving his presence. Actually then... The the Holy Spirit equips us. He gives us the gifts we need. He gives us the anointing we need. He gives us the power that we need in order to get on that tarmac road, that path that we feel God's leading us to, and to start to move in that direction. But we've got to get, I've got to get the focus right. I've got to be relying on the Holy Spirit, and I need to have that longing for his presence that's drawing more and more of God into my life. <clears throat> Do we long for more of God's presence? Is it the focus of our life? Do we wake up in the morning aware of his presence with us? Is our focus on the well or on the tarmac road? See, it's all a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. God says to us, allow me to stir your heart for more of me. It's more of this. Not this. It's more of this. And for those that are listening online, when I say more of this, I'm holding my heart, touching my heart. When I say it's not just this, I'm touching my head, my mind. 
Of course, we need our minds because that needs to be renewed. You know, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, it says we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. But I've heard somebody say, and I think it's very true, that the the longest distance travelled is the distance between our mind, our head, and our heart. Because it gets stuck there. (laughs) And God doesn't want it stuck there. He wants it here because this is where it makes the difference in our hearts. It makes a difference. It is a matter of the heart. In Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, it says this. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Wide is the path that is easy to follow, but narrow is the path we're to take. Now, Jesus made it quite clear. We can take the easy routes if we want, but it's not the route that Jesus leads us on. And I think, personally, just reflecting on that, those verses... And the wide path, I think, is often just living on a surface level. You know, whereas God wants us to take the narrow path, which is where we allow him to deal with our hearts, where we allow him to go deep into the areas of our lives which we perhaps hold back from him and people don't know about. But God knows, and he wants to touch us and lead us so that our longing for him just draws is drawn out of our hearts. Um, in our house group, we've been starting to look at parables, and so we looked at a parable of the sower the last time, and it could be titled Parable of the Soils, because it's all to do with the condition of the heart. And um, what's interesting is that when we were going through the study, um, we realised that a lot of the preparation that we need for our hearts basically means that we have to sort of start digging it up a bit and when you dig up ground when you start plowing the grounds what you often find is that stones start coming up and then you have to sort of start dealing with these stones so you 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 get the stones out of the way and then you do it again and more stones keep coming up and they don't they never stop coming up that's a bit like us you know things god brings things up but it doesn't mean that it's going to stop. He, it's, a, it's a process that the Lord is doing in our lives. He wants to bring up all the things that can be holding us back. And the wonderful thing about that psalm <clears throat> is that when the seed is planted in the heart that is broken and ready to receive, what does it say? It says that you get a hundredfold harvest. A hundredfold harvest. That is an amazing harvest, by the way. If you can get a hundredfold harvest, you're on a winner. I can tell you, you really are. So we, we can ask, and one of the things that the chap that was doing the, the video presentation for us on our study at the house group said, he finished with saying, ask one another, how's your dirt? You know, I, think, I think it means, how, how is your, how's your heart? How's your dirt? How's your dirt? How's your heart? And... Um, 
I love to walk. Um, I love to walk around high elms. And so I went there um, on Friday with, with Andy. Um, and um, the thing I love about the place is the trees. Uh, you've got some fantastic trees, haven't you? you? You look at them and they're magnificent. They sort of dominate the, the area, really. And as you go on the beach walk, you get to see more and more of these beautiful trees. <coughs> the thing about trees, though, is that they have roots. And the roots are not the things that we see. So we see the magnificence of this tree, but we don't realize, actually, <coughs> that the trees have got roots that have gone really low in the ground. And they, they flourish, the trees flourishes because of the roots. And it's the same with us, with our, our hearts. Um, God wants us to, to pay attention to what is going on here in our heart. And finally, deep calls to deep. So in verse 7, it says, deep calls to deep. At the sound of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. And the, the, the context of the verse here is the great distress that the psalmist is experiencing. He's feeling the judgment of God in being away from God's presence. And it's a heartfelt sort of cry that he's got, deep calling to deep. He feels the depth of despair. It's not always easy, but <clears throat> sometimes we have to allow ourselves to express our emotions before God. Um, in Psalm 42, the writer questions himself and he questions God. And there's lots of verses in the Psalms where we see that. And I'll read some of these out now. <clears throat> in verse 5, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. And he repeats the same thing in verse 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. In verse 9, he says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? And in verse 3, he says, my tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? In Psalm 56, verse 8, it's the New Living Translation, it's a beautiful verse. It says this, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. God is not frightened about us sharing our emotions or concealing our questions. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, I've, I've, I've found it the struggle expressing sort of my emotions. Somehow I, I think perhaps I, I feel that God wouldn't be, um, wouldn't be happy with me if I expressed the way I felt. That somehow I, 
I was frightened about his reaction. Um, or it could just be uh, perhaps I didn't want him to notice my frailty and my weakness <laughs> as, if as if he didn't realize already. It could be sort of a lots of things. And um, yeah, I mean, when, Wendy and I, we live in a, um, a semi-detached bungalow. And um, over the years, uh, we've had a crack in the wall in our lounge, part of the extension of the bungalow. <clears throat> and the crack has got larger and larger. And um, it got to the point where I could actually see light coming through into our room. I thought, this doesn't look right. <laughs> Something's got to be done. This is not right. And so, um, it, thankfully, it wasn't subsidence. But um, we, so we got some, um, Ken at the time, Ken Gandhi, uh, Ken Medhurst, sorry, sorry, Ken. Ken, Ken Medhurst to stitch it so that the, um, so they could be joined again. It was okay. But it was all because the person that lived there in the 1970s thought he was a good builder and decided to build this extension himself and he didn't dig the foundations deep enough. And so what happens is that cracks start to appear. We're still getting some, actually, which I have to sort of deal with. It's never going away, I don't think. But it's a bit like us. If we don't pay attention to the little rocks that are coming up, the things that God's pointing out to us, <clears throat> eventually what happens is we get to see cracks that start to appear. So we, we sort of can't ignore um, what God is, is doing in our hearts and how he wants to move in our hearts. And as the, the psalmist says, deep calls to deep. So we can't ignore the Holy Spirit's work accessing our hearts. <clears throat> Finally, I just want to <clears throat> get some water. Oh, my throat. <clears throat> I just want to share... <clears throat> my experience, which I hope will be of help in this whole area of the longing for God <coughs> and coming and experiencing more of God in our lives. <coughs> With my um, back, many will know that... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> this is probably God trying to stop me talking. <laughs> Um, many will know that with my back I, I'm often up at night and what tends to be the, the, the time that I get up is 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning for some reason I, my back starts hurting perhaps it's a lighter sleep pattern and I start feeling the pain a bit and I wake up and um, I, I've, I've, I mean I found the times really really good um, in fact verse 8 if you remember verse 8 it says um, at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And I've, I've felt that, actually, at those times in the night that God's song was with me. But recently, when I've been praying, <clears throat> I've been made aware in me of a, of, a, of a real sort of deep pain in my heart. I've opened my life to the Lord. And I've asked him to search me and try me. And I, and I felt a, a, real, a real pain there. 
uh, to the point where I've <coughs> it's been a real sort of gut ache and cry that's come out of my heart and of my life. And I, I'm, when I've been praying, I've been crying as well as I've been praying. Um, and I'm not entirely 100% clear about what's happening. Um, I know God's doing something in my life. Um, and, um, but what the Lord has brought to focus for me is the times in my childhood when I felt ignored and left out. And um, I've had quite a lot of death, premature deaths in my family and that I've struggled with over the years. And as a child, I felt that sort of being left alone with parents dying and things. And, um, and the, the psalmist describes it, it, what we've read in Psalm in verse 7, as the breakers and the waves washing over him. And it's been, felt like that for me. It's felt like this grief has been like breakers and waves just washing over me as I've come to him, as I've laid bare my heart before him. And it's been at those times, they're not particularly comfortable experiences, but I've known him visiting me and releasing me and speaking his words of closeness and affirmation. And you see, unless God can deal with my heart and the things that are deep there, I will find that these things will surface. And so I know that I need to do it. It may not be comfortable sometimes dealing with things in our past. Um, and however old we are, there's often things that keep coming up. <laughs> Attitudes and things that we've felt, we feel, responses and reactions we have to particular people. And we think, where on earth did that come from? Well, you know, God wants to shine his light in our hearts so that whatever he wants to do, he can do to bring us into all the things he has for us. While I was going through this time, I, had a, I actually had a picture of myself um, and there was this table with this feast that was laid out. <clears throat> and everybody who was sitting there was enjoying this feast. I was a child and I could just about see over the top of the table to recognise and see all these people enjoying themselves. But I felt completely excluded and alone and not included at all with what was going on in this scene. And then the next picture I had as I was praying was I saw myself on Father's lap. And the Father was at the head of the table. And I was there. I was there and people could notice I was there because he loves me and he cares for me and he knows that whatever happens in my life, whatever I feel, whatever difficulties, I may walk a path and I think that's not, you know, things might happen that are out of my control. Things might happen that are out of our control. And we may feel that we're having to take a dive, diversion again, yet again. But his presence is with us. You know, he's the God that loves us so, so deeply. 
He is the one that we want more and more. Our longing for God needs to go deep. Deep calls to deep, not just on a surface level. It is the matter of the heart. And we experience his presence with us as we are yearning and yielding to him every, every aspect of our lives. Nothing is hidden. It's more of this. Father, we thank you that you have each person in your gaze. You recognize everything that each person is going through. And as the psalmist cried out, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My soul longs for you. It thirsts for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Lord, we want that to be our cry in the midst of, Lord's sense of being alone or separated or whatever goes on in our emotions and however we feel. We pray that you would use, by your spirit, you would use us. You would change our hearts. Lord, you have my heart and I will search for yours. We give you every part of us now. Do your work this week, I pray, in us and lead us and guide us into your truth, the truth that makes us free. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.